you know, one of the things that keeps me sane in times like these when my Hurricanes are down is getting the perspective of former Canes players. And we got a good one coming up. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free. How much does the show cost? Nothing. We're free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Going to bring back a good friend of the show. We could see his face this time. And the amazing, for those of you watching on YouTube, he's got the amazing throwback uh, Florida Marlins hat. Former Miami Hurricanes offensive tackle Rashad Butler. Rashad, you are looking well, man. How you feeling these days? I'm great, man. Uh, outside of my Miami Hurricanes, I am great. No complaints. <laughs> no doubt about that. And okay, maybe you didn't see this so much when you played for the Canes because that was during a pretty good time in their history, early 2000s. But uh, I'm sure you saw this at times with the pros. What does it look like when players start to check out mentally? And do you see any of that happening with these Canes? Like, does it look like some of these players are checking out? Um, I don't see that right now. And I hope not to see that throughout the remainder of the season. Uh, what it looks like is uh, when players check out, it's just a lack of effort, uh, consistent mistakes, not only from one individual, but from a number of individuals. And I do see mistakes and I do see consistent mistakes from certain individuals at certain times. Uh, whether those individuals have checked out or not, I can't answer that question. I hope not. But as far as uh, for the majority of the team, I don't see any of that as of right now. And I hope uh, to not see any of that again for the remainder of the season. You know, and there there are certain instances where maybe some of these individuals uh, keep making mistakes. Like, you know, Miami's got a ru certain running back who's lost three fumbles in the last four games, mm -hmm. yet they they keep getting a lot of playing time. And I think part of it just is this team doesn't have a lot of depth and a lot of their depth is injured right now. But then you do see like a, another running back, Thad Franklin, didn't get any carries or any snaps last week. Uh, supposedly he's healthy. So I, I wonder if maybe, you know, he might be in the doghouse for some reason. And we're not watching practices. They don't open those to the media right now. So I don't know what's happening. But like Rashad, like if and every coach is different, I guess. But and, you know, Mario a little bit because he, he was on on the staff when you played at Miami you know, if you do get to a point where maybe you're not performing consistently in practice and you get into that doghouse, how hard is it to earn your coach's trust again? It's very hard to get out. And being uh, within that culture and within that building um, during the great times, I do know that practice is everything. Um, it was stressed to us on a daily basis that you play exactly how you practice. That carries over. Now, the level of competition, you know, depending on the players that you have on your team could be greater in practice than it is in a game. And for us during those years, it was we had better players in practice than a lot of the teams we played on Saturdays, you know, maybe outside from uh, the Florida States and the Virginia Techs as far as those type of schools. But um, 
I do know Mario, and I know Mario has preached that. And if players aren't performing the way they're supposed to perform in practice, which is giving great effort and understanding, most importantly, what they're supposed to do and how they are supposed to go about doing it, then he's not going to play players. And I think people and fans have to understand that, whether fans uh, have an interest toward wanting to see a certain player play. Well, if that player isn't giving the proper effort and isn't showing uh, the mental capability to do what he is asked to do uh, throughout the week, then I don't think that player deserves to play. I mean, I believe in that that uh, that philosophy as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it coming off a catastrophic loss, we've had a couple of those already this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, how hard is it for an entire team to bounce back from something like that, Rashad? Now, you, you didn't suffer uh, too many losses uh, when you were at Miami, but I, I'm sure and, – and obviously – the Fiesta Bowl was a whole different thing. You were on that 2002 team, but that was, you know, national championship game, final game of the season. Like you, you come off a really tough midseason loss like this. How hard can it be to bounce back from something like that? You know, in the case of where Miami's at right now, I think it's very difficult because I think the players know that they are in the midst of a very, very arduous. And I use the word arduous because I want people to understand rebuild. It's yeah. very tough. Uh, and it's not going to be pretty. And I think that I don't want to say the mental psyche of this team has been shattered a little bit, but I think it has because, you know, we are in a in, we are in an age where uh, media uh, is more accessible to players rather than uh, when I played, you know, we didn't have uh, Twitter. The only thing we had was Facebook and Facebook, you know, wasn't the monster, the giant that, you know, it is now. So, you know, we really couldn't see what the media was saying unless we picked up the newspaper. And a lot of the times, a lot of us was like, man, we're not picking up no damn newspaper. But these kids <laughs> have, you know, Twitter and Instagram and all these other social apps, you know, right at the palm of their hands. So they're able to read what is being said uh, about them and about, you know, their team. And I think a lot of negativity has been uh has been given towards certain players and you know the team and do i think that a lot of it is warranted um i do because i think you know if you if you aren't playing well then you know people within the media they do have uh the opinion to say you know what they feel because that is their job now as far as the way they say it i don't always agree with it because i think sometimes it can become very harsh and very disrespectful towards certain players and you know just the I guess just the landscape of the team, but that is their job. You know, what, what would you say uh, outside of uh, the Fiesta Bowl in 02? Cause that's, that's obvious. Uh, what, 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 what did you feel was the toughest loss you suffered at Miami? Like the one that was really like the biggest gut check moment. Ooh, man. I know a lot of people may expect me to say the LSU, but see, I'm going to be honest about that. <laughs> that 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 loss in that game uh going going into that game we just knew from a player's perspective you know whether a lot of us were leaving and for the ones that were returning whether it's for you know uh their was that your last game yeah uh uh-huh okay i thought Uh, so 2000 and it was actually i think 2005 yeah like this late december 2005 i think we played that game december 31st 2005 if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong but uh, and those in 2005, we knew that, you know, changes were coming. I didn't think massive changes were coming, but I knew 
uh, changes were coming within the coaching staff. So the landscape going into that game was, you know, a little different uh, than any other game I was I, I went into playing at Miami. But to answer your question, to me, it would have to be the Georgia Tech loss because I think um, I, for me, I believe if we didn't lose that game to Georgia Tech, we probably would have been headed for a date uh, for either, you know, USC or Texas that year, because those mm -hmm. were the two teams that played in the national championship. And we felt that we were just as good as either of those teams. But when that loss occurred, um, it just really, uh, I want to say, kind of took us down a path that, you know, we weren't able to really untangle from. But yeah, that game still to this day really bothers me because there were mistakes that was that were made in that game by a number of players, including myself, you know, up front along the offensive line, quarterback position, running back position, receivers, you name it defensively. I mean, I think everybody can take blame for that game not going the way that it should have went, because for the majority of the game, you know, I felt that we were in control of the game, even though the game was going back and forth. I just felt that. You know, we had the upper hand more times than none, but they just happened to, you know, make more plays than we did down the stretch. And, you know, they pulled off the win. The upset. Yep. That's well said. And, you know, a lot of a lot of us, I don't know if Rashad's in this category, maybe media people and fans, but a, a lot of us uh, maybe didn't want to admit what a rebuild this was going to be or we just didn't want to see it. Like how how tough of a rebuild this is for Mario Cristobal in Miami. So I've got a lot of questions for Rashad Butler about that to give us a player's perspective on what this rebuild is going to take. I also want to ask Rashad about Miami's very banged up offensive line and about the quarterback situation. If Jake Garcia is going to be the guy here for a while. So make sure you keep it locked. We have a lot more for this former Miami Hurricanes offensive tackle coming up here on Locked on Canes. Guys, I'm a South Floridian. And I'm a dude, and I sweat a lot. I probably sweat way too much, or at least I used to. I would get those embarrassing pit stains. Uh, sweat block, though, they changed the game for me. Allow sweat block to change the game for you. Sweat block was created by a doctor to help with his own sweating. So it's doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, and it's always embarrassing, try sweat block, and you could save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com, also available on Amazon. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. I'm Alex Dono alongside former Miami Hurricanes offensive tackle and a good friend of mine. I'm so happy he can be here with us again, Rashad Butler. Uh, Rashad, let, let's talk about Miami's offensive line a little bit because, you know, I think that this, this happens really team wide. With how badly they're performing, we always try to figure out, okay, how much of this is on the players, on the coaching, and also the depth, right? Because mm. Miami's been decimated up front. Uh, Zion Nelson, he may not play again this year. Like Mario Cristobal had said uh, last week, we're taking it slow with Zion, who's probably Miami's best offensive lineman when healthy. Uh, uh, early this week, Cristobal basically said we may not see him again this year. Uh, Ja'Kai Clark has been banged up. Everybody's been getting hurt on that offensive line. Like, how much more difficult, Rashad, does it make to find any continuity when you're constantly rotating different guys in and starting different guys at, you know, the type of position you played? 
Listen, uh, that situation right now is, I hate to say this, but you know, I'm an honest individual, it's very horrific because I think you went into the season and I'm just being honest, I'm giving my honest opinion, understanding Mario and knowing what type of offense he wants to run and what type of guys he wants up front and the characteristics and attributes he wants from those guys. I think, you know, we Miami came into the season uh, having guys that necessarily didn't fit exactly what Mario wants to do because Mario, he comes from um, a philosophy where he believes in, I call it the Mike Shanahan and Gary Kubiak zone scheme, uh, well, zone running scheme to where he heavily believes in the outside zone and tight zone. And in order to run that type of scheme, you need offensive linemen who are more lean, more agile, and more uh, have more mobility, you know, because that offense is geared as far as side to side rather than, you know, push uh, directly uh, forward or up the middle. And I think Miami over the years, whether it's been, you know, going back to Al Golden or going back to Mark Rick and even now, well, e even after Mark Rick with Manny Diaz, the offensive line has been geared towards power. You know, big guys that have girth, that have, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of mass that is trying to press uh, upfield. And I think knowing Mario, you know, even during his time at Oregon, I mean, he had some bigger guys, but if you look at the majority of that offensive line at Oregon over his his tenure, he had guys that were more lean, guys that were more agile, guys that could get out and move in space because that's what he wanted to do and he was very successful at it. But, you know, in saying that, you know, unfortunately, you know, when you're a coach that's coming into uh, the situation that he has been pressed to come into, you have to work with the guys you're giving because fans are not going to want to hear that excuse. And I understand that. And I think he's done that, but I mean, he's just been built, a, a, uh, he's just been dealt, excuse me, a bad hand with guys just going down. And now, you know, when you have guys that go down, like you just mentioned, you know, you lack continuity. I think continuity is one of the most important things, along with having players that, you know, fit the skill set of each position that you have them in. Continuity is 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 right up there as far as, you know, on an equal playing field. So now he's forced to play guys that he probably didn't want to play this year because, again, you know, he's the coach and he's in practice. And, you know, he's probably seeing a lot of these younger guys not perform the way he wants them to perform or believe they can perform on a consistent basis, you know, in order to play them on, on Saturdays. But now you're pressing a situation with injuries where you have to play these guys. And now you're just like, man, you know, I know that this guy isn't ready, but I have no choice, but not to play him. You know, with Miami dealing with so many injuries, um, some people will try to to point the finger at the strength and conditioning program. Uh, is like, is there any tell for that? And and obviously, you're you're not you're not the strength coach mm -hmm. at Miami, but like, can can, a, can maybe like an overly vigorous S and C program can that cause more injuries? Have you seen that happen? You know, that's a fine line. I think you know when it comes to the strength and conditioning program, um, it does matter. Uh, and I think if players are being overworked, uh, the strength and conditioning staff should see that and should make changes. And the coaching staff should see that and make changes. And, you know, more importantly, the players should say something 
about it and hopefully the uh, the strength and conditioning staff can you know take uh can 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 take listen to what the players are saying and make changes but i understand when you're in college um <laughs> i guess the level of of say isn't as strong as when you're a professional so i don't see uh any players going to the strength and conditioning staff and saying hey you know maybe we need to taper it down especially in a moment like this because you know in college you know when you're not winning uh coaches just want players just to i hate to say this but i'm going to say it just shut up and just listen to what i have to say and you know i'm going to get you better and you're going to do you know what i'm instructing you to do and it's it, again like that's the only thing or only I guess say that you you well, you well you really don't have any say but like that's 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 the only thing you can do when you're in college compared to being a, a professional in, in, in the NFL you know not not every rebuild is created equal because we we see certain first year head coaches uh doing doing a bang up job I mean uh Miami just lost to a first year head coach at Duke right everyone is wondering like how come we can't be like Lincoln Riley at USC you know, mm -hmm. some people have, have brought up, what about Dan Lanning at Oregon? I think that's a terrible example because, <laughs> like, you know, it, it's one thing to take over from a coach who was fired because that probably means, hey, you know, the team's not very good if the coach got fired. Like, Lanning took over, mm -hmm. you know, a team that, uh, you know, that Mario Cristobal left, and he left the cupboards well-stocked, right? I mean, they had the top recruiting class in Oregon history just two years ago, 2021, or less than two years ago, I guess, the players that are now – redshirt freshmen and sophomores. So he left them in good shape. Uh, so I, I want to ask you this question, because uh, obviously on paper, Miami has a much better looking coaching staff than last year. So how come a lot of these same players were seemingly doing better and winning more games last year than this year? You know, this is a very, well, that was a very loaded question, but I'm going to answer it the best way I can answer it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be frank. I just don't think the players that Miami have right now at the majority of the positions offensively and defensively are good enough for what Mario wants to do, you know, as far as offensively, which I mentioned earlier, and as far as defensively. Now, you know, when it comes to the when it comes to the defense, you know, um, I really don't I, I really never. I guess looked at exactly what Mario wants to do as far as his defensive philosophy. Cause let's be honest, you know, he played in the Pac 10 at a time where, you know, a lot of schools in that conference really weren't known for playing uh, exceptional defense. But I yeah. do know that uh, where Mario comes from as far as the University of Miami, you know, he wants to have guys up front that can get after the passer. And I think he has that right now. But I know that he is going to address, you know, him and Alonzo Highsmith as far as that linebacking core and that secondary, because I do think, you know, those two position groups need to get stronger if Miami wants to be stout on defense. And if fans want to see uh, the Miami defense that they saw, you know, in the early 2000s. And as far as offense, I just think that they have to get leaner up front. They have to get uh more agile and more mobile up front and i think from you know a running back position i just think that he has to get the running backs that understand what he wants to do because i do see 
uh, some great physical traits in, you know, a lot of the running backs they have. I just think that Knight needs to do a better job of holding on to the football. I mean, that's that, that's on him, you know, and I do like the promising group. I do like on offense. I'm going to be honest with you. And it's so funny because this group took so much heat coming into the season. And even last year is the wide receivers. I think that he has a great young core that with more game reps, you're starting to see that they're gaining more confidence. You know what I mean? And they're starting to play uh, better individually and they're starting to play more as a unit uh, from the quarterback position. Uh, I do like, I like, I like both, you know what I mean? But I know Mario, the way college football is now, and even the way, you know, the NFL is turning into, you need a quarterback that is able to threaten the defense, not only with his arm, which I think Tyler Van Dyke has shown he can do, and Jake Garcia, Jake Garcia has shown he can do as well, but you need a quarterback that can threaten the defense with his mm-hmm. legs, especially on third downs and in the yeah. red zones. And unfortunately, I hate to say this, Tyler can't do that. I think nope. Jake can do that better than Tyler can. But, you know, I like the young kid. I can't think of his name. That Jakari Brown. Yeah. Yes, I, I like him. And, I, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised, and this may be a hot take, I wouldn't be surprised next season if he is not only battling for that starting job, but he wins that starting job. Because I do think that's the route that most college teams are going to have to go if they want to have a chance to be successful. Like they just, You need a quarterback back there that can threaten the defense with his legs as well as his arms. I just don't think Miami has that right now consistently because I know that's exactly what Mario wants to do because, again, you know, he's had it at Oregon, you know, with Justin Herbert. I mean, Justin Herbert is a tremendous athlete, and I don't think Justin Herbert got enough credit for being able to make plays with his legs, even though he chose to make plays with his arms more so than his legs. Well, I I got a couple more important questions to ask our friend Rashad Butler. I I do have a follow-up on the quarterbacks, and I need to ask Rashad, like, as he's been through the recruiting process before as a player, how do you sell a program that's struggling this much? So keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Guys, you should know this by now, that our friends at Bet Online are providing so many valuable services. They, they've helped me out on so many college football Saturdays, so many NFL Sundays. Bet Online is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. My Miami Heat are down bad. we got to bounce back there. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Guys, live betting is a game changer. And also, if you're trying to beat the sports books, don't just do it yourself. You need to get information, and Bet Online has all the resources to help you beat the bookies. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and even golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. And guys, make sure you are checking out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on Locked On Canes, Alex Dono alongside former Miami offensive tackle Rashad Butler. So you were talking a little bit about the the quarterbacks there, Rashad, and and I, I do expect Jakari Brown to be getting more work in some of these situational plays short yardage and stuff because he obviously has better legs than any other quarterback on the roster uh you know with Tyler Van Dyke hurt uh Jake Garcia I think it's going to be the starter for now and Jake 
he's down right now. That that was a overall a poor performance against Duke. Threw a couple of touchdown passes, but the three interceptions were really, really bad. Uh, mm-hmm. It looked to me like he wasn't prepared for that game. What did you see from Garcia, and do you think he can bounce back this week against Virginia? Uh, I agree with you on that last point. I don't think he was fully prepared for that game, and I think that's on him because, you know, as a backup uh, player, you had to prepare yourself as a starter. Now, I know fans may say, well, shouldn't some of that blame be placed on the coaching? No, no, because, I mean, as a backup, you know that at any moment, you know, you can possibly be a starter with, you know, an injury, and that's what happened. So, you know, I put the blame uh, solely on Jake Garcia as far as not being prepared fully the way he should have been prepared. Now, I understand that backups don't get the same reps in practice, live reps uh, going up against a scouting unit uh, that starters get, but at the same time, you're still watching film and you still have the same game plan that starters are getting. So it's up to you to be, you know, ready just in case if you're called upon. I just think for Jake Garcia, what it looks like for me is that he needs to, he needs to calm down. Uh, he plays so, I don't want to say erratic because that's the wrong word, but he just plays, I see, with so much emotion. And at the quarterback yeah. position, you know, that's great in certain situations, but more times than none, you have to be the calming force because you are the only one that's speaking in the huddle. And if players see you riled up all the time, you know, in crucial situations, you know, that may make them riled up. And let's be honest, some players don't perform well when they are riled up in compare in comparison to others. So I just think he needs to calm down. And I think, you know, having a full week of practice, knowing that he's the starter and getting uh, the live reps against uh, the scout the, the scout team or scouting unit, I think it's going to do him uh, justice. And I do look for this offense to, um, how can I say it? I, I think that you're going to see more so moving forward what Mario wants to do offensively because now he has a quarterback that isn't hobbled uh, by the ability not to run because, you know, let's be honest, Tyler Van Dyke, you know, uh, is not a runner. And Mario Mario knew that, Gaddis knew that, and, you know, the game plan that was built for Tyler was more so let's feature, you know, his ability to make good decisions you know, with his arm and showcase his arm, which makes sense because, again, I mean, if that's what you have to work with, I always believe you focus on the strengths of your players right. rather than focusing on the, neg- uh, the, 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 ne- the negativities. And I think with um, Jake Garcia, now you have a guy that can throw the ball, maybe not as good of a passer as Tyler Van Dyke, but more uh, of a runner than Tyler. So I think moving forward, you're going to see exactly what Mario – is going to want to implement moving forward uh, with this program. So last thing I want to ask you, because obviously if they're going to transform this program, you not only you have to get the type of players in recruiting that fit the attitude and fit the system, but you also want to get good players who fit the attitude and fit the system. You're, you're trying to land some of these big time four and five star blue chippers. Some of them are already committed. We hope they stay that way. They're going to be trying to get others. Um, you've been through, through the recruiting process before Mr. Butler, like, how, how do you think they can sell on these players that, you know, obviously right now the team is not good at all. So h- how do you sell the future on these recruits? Ooh, you know, that's tough because we do know uh, we are in an era now where what really matters to a lot of these kids are the current results uh, that they're seeing each and every Saturday and pretty much uh, the 
accommodations as far as the facility. And one thing that Miami does have going for them is they have a brand new locker room. Uh, the facility, for the most part, is gorgeous. It's beautiful. But I think for Mario, and I think what Mario is doing is pretty much going into these households and presenting the future business plan, you know, saying, listen, right now we are not where we want to be, you know, and we know that we are disappointed, but we knew coming into this season that this was going to be a tough season. But at the same time, this is my plan moving forward. And I feel that you as a player, and I'm just saying this as far as him speaking to players, you know, that you are one of the guys we targeted at such and such position uh, that we like, that we feel can help this program get back to the program that a lot of us love, you know, in the 80s through the early 90s and even through the early 2000s. I think that's the best way that Mario uh, could spin what is going on right now with the struggles of the football team at the present moment. Words of wisdom is always in the perspective I need. Like, I need this in my life. I'm so glad we've been able to chat this week <laughs> with people like Rashad and like Larry Bluestein. Make sure you follow Rashad Butler, former NFL and Miami Hurricanes offensive tackle, at Rashad Jamal B on Twitter. Can't thank you enough, Rashad Butler. Have an awesome weekend coming up, and let's hope uh, Miami wins this week. For sure. Let's hope. Go Canes. Guys, make sure you make Locked on Canes your first listen every day. Make Locked on ACC your second. We will talk to you next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team.